0: your audio. Wonderful. God bless you, Brother Michael. God bless you. I mean, this is an incredible moment
1: to be able to stand here and greet you. This is fantastic to see (laughs) you and be able to fellowship like this.
0: Amen. Well, we're going to turn this service over to you, Brother John. You take your liberty, and and this service uh, is all yours. God bless you, Brother John.
1: Thank you, Brother Michael, and thank you to all of you that have gathered in the precious name of Jesus. And I trust you can hear us okay, and I trust that uh, the Lord's presence is in your room. I don't know what it's like uh, in your room where you're at, but it's just like the Holy Spirit and His presence is just filling up this place where we are just gathered here. And so I wonder if we can just stand to our feet tonight. We won't have a lot of introduction. We'll just appreciate all of the ones that have created such an atmosphere, and Sister Victoria for that wonderful special, Brother Michael, and uh, those that have gathered there in the assembly to be such a support, and the uh, technical brothers have just went above and beyond, and tonight we're just using a different platform to bring this service to you, and for the first time ever, I'm actually able to see the congregation and some that are there, so I'm just really looking forward to that, and and uh, I'm just a uh, brother Michael overwhelmed with the presence of God. It just we want to get right into the word now. And I wonder if we just bow our heads in prayer. The same Holy Spirit that's there in Cloverdale at the service at the assembly would just come into the rooms as we've already prayed. But Heavenly Father, we're lifting up one another as the body of Jesus Christ. I pray that your kind, gentle hands would Now cradle every individual, every brother and every sister that's gathered as we're connected like this. Lord, how we'd so love to run into the arms of our brothers and sisters. But Lord, we're thankful that you have brought us together like this and you can minister to our souls. I'm asking you to minister to our spirits and to our bodies if there's needs. It's already been prayed as it's been sung about that your presence would come and, and your word would come in a real powerful, personal way. I thank you, God, for our, the assembly and for the ministry that has made this available for our fellowship. I pray, God, now you would just take control of this service. Take control of our hearts and may everything be for the glory of God. We thank you and we do give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory, Lord. And just feel like shouting it from the mountaintops. How great is our God? How great is your word? Settle us now, Lord. We turn to your word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We'll turn to second Kings chapter four, verse eight. Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. And it is so nice to see your responses and your smiles. And for the first time, I'll be able to appreciate that tonight. We've so enjoyed the services. My, 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 just the different ministers, Brother Biscoll, and Brother Tom, Brother Tim Dodd, Brother Murphy. How the Lord has been just ministering to us. Brother Murphy began to speak about our brothers that were laying in the in the back of the car with their handcuffs on and just being able to wipe each other's tears just by uh, touching one another's cheeks and speaking about how they're uh, in prison tonight. I just thought of how that same affection and love is even in your room. It's right there where you're at, just God getting a hold of our hearts. You know, it's it's been since March 11th on a Wednesday night that we were been able to gather in Cloverdale. It's almost three solid months. I, I looked at the calendar today and it's, 11 weeks since we've been able to be together on that last Wednesday night, March 11th. And it just, our hearts yearn, but the Lord has taken care of his people and the Lord has ministered in a personal way to us and may he come again tonight. God bless you. Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. Tonight we're speaking on even in brokenness. He speaks. Even in brokenness, he speaks. In Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Where was a great woman? Tonight I want you to see yourself as a great woman. This great woman that lived in Shunem. Shunem in the Hebrew means a double resting place. So this great woman had found a resting place. She had found the double portion. She had character. She had a desire. And now as we look here, there was this great woman in Shudam, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee on the wall. And let us set for him a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned in to the chamber and lay there and he said to Gehazi his servant call this Shunammite and when he had called her she stood before him and he said unto him say now unto her behold thou hast been careful for us with all this care what is to be done for thee maybe that's what tonight as we turn our focus on the Lord Jesus and on his needs but i wonder if maybe he wants to minister to one of you that have made room for the word. You've made room for the prophet. You've made room in your life. and You just want fellowship. You want that communion. And may he come even in your time of brokenness. And may he speak to you. With all of His care, what is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king? or to the captain of the host. And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, listen to the words of the prophet, about this season, according to the time of life, Thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, "Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handsmaid. And the woman conceived. In spite of all the question, in spite of all that was going on in her heart, at the time of life, she conceived, and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Amen. God bless you tonight. You can have your seats. From brokenness to restoration. Even in brokenness, he speaks. Tonight, I just want to settle in to tonight to the word of God. And our scene opens in a place called Shunem, a place that means a double resting place. This great woman of character had a desire. And you can look in verse 10, and she spoke to her husband. She was under the headship, but she said, let's make a little chamber. Let's make room. I have a desire to make room in our house. For the prophet. And so in verse 10, the Bible says they made a little chamber, which if you look that up, it would be like an upper chamber, a chamber on the, on the rooftop and, and on the wall, the Bible says, and they, they brought a bed and a table and a stool and just a little lamp, just a little candlestick. We want to make room for the prophet to be able to come. So he would be able to come in and feel comfortable to be in our house. Isn't that so wonderful? Even tonight on a Wednesday night, all of us can just come as we are. Maybe someone feels like they're in the state of barrenness because she was barren. There, There was no children in the house. There was no grandchildren in the house. The husband was old and she was barren. She didn't have a lot of emotional things to be attached to. But when the word came by her way, she had a desire. I've got to make room. Can't we just make a little bed for him? Can't we just make a little table? Can a stool or a little desk, a a, a little candlestick or a little lamp be so wonderful to have the prophet come to our house? I want you to know tonight that even in a time of brokenness, God will speak. It's just making yourself available. It's just being a vessel. It's just being an empty vessel that God can pour himself into that brokenness. From brokenness to restoration. From brokenness to strength. From a time of, 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 of sickness to a time of healing, a time of weakness, to a time of power. Tonight is your night. The Holy Spirit is just speaking from brokenness to a time of deliverance, from brokenness to a time of the rapture. So as the prophet began to come and and he came into their home and he began to speak about the needs that she might have and with all of this care, what can we do for you? What it can be done for you? And... She said, well, I just dwell among my own people. And and Gehazi was brought into the picture, and we found that she had no child and her husband was old. And when Elisha called her and she stood in the door, there came the word across her life about this season. According to the time of life, thou shall embrace a son. Oh, my, the word begin to come into the room, become into that special place. Oh, God, I pray tonight that you that have made a room, you are a great woman. This bride of Christ, this womb that, that even denominations in the seed of the world or Laodicea could not satisfy us. Just having a house, just having a husband or just having a, a table, or it didn't satisfy. There was something in the heart of God that wanted to come and minister to this great woman. Tonight, you might not feel like a great woman. Your situation might seem like it is broken. But I want to speak to you. It's your attitude. It's your approach. It's how that's going to bring the result in our lives. It's our attitude as we come to the house of God. Tonight as the word is here to give us strength. It's here to give us encouragement. It's here to put power Inside of a situation that seems like even after maybe 11 weeks, you just feel like things have been scattered. Things are not all together. And maybe there's something that you feel like has been lost in your life, even in the time of brokenness. He speaks. And you look in the scripture in verse 17 that it was according to the time of life. That was in the time of the reviving of the springtime, speaks of life, speaks of a revival. It speaks of a renewing according to the time of life. Tonight I'm not speaking about nine months later. We're not speaking about a certain day on the calendar or how many years or how much distancing. We're not speaking about isolation. We're speaking about in a time of brokenness. Here can come life. Here can come something that can begin to revive another springtime. And I want to speak to every person that the Lord is dealing with tonight. Now is the time to move on. Now is the time to move on. You might have went for weeks. You might have went for months. You might have went for years in a time of brokenness. But tonight I want to speak to you. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. God is declaring that another season, a time of life has come. God wants you to break those arms that used to be uh, loosely down and maybe a barren room to now be filled with life, to be filled with joy. Even you that are, I can see you tonight in the sanctuary. It's so wonderful to be able to see the life of the body now, that we're connected in in, in a greater way. Uh, It reminds me of it is the rising of the sun when Brother Branham was speaking about the people and how they've left off the main thing. And he said, Satan doesn't care how religious you are or how right you are in your doctrine. If you miss that life, you won't come up anyhow. So now we see on the last Easter, the Holy Spirit was trying to pregnate a people, trying to pregnate a body. That their quickening power, their time of life, their resurrection, their time of brokenness, their time of barrenness, moving from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And we're taking some examples of the scripture tonight and maybe a brother Branham, but I want to bring it to your life and to today. Now time moved on. If you want to look in 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 18. The story doesn't end there. But this child began to grow in 2 Kings 4.18. He began to grow up and it came on a certain day that he went out with his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. Maybe it was a heat stroke, but it was in the heat of the day. This young man now, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon. And then he died. Another brokenness, another calamity, another trauma in the family, another issue came up. and So she went up and laid him immediately on the bed of the man of God. Aren't you so happy that there was a bed there? She didn't lay him on the television or on the internet side or on some magazine. She had already made room. She had already had a desire. She had already planned. And, 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 and saints, tonight, God has already pre-planned your life. He's already made a way for you. And I want to speak because you have made room for him in your life. And because you have made room in our day for the word, that is when in the times of brokenness, he can speak again. So even now that the son is dead and, 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 and she carries him up to the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She didn't run to the hospital. She didn't call the emergency. She didn't go. She knew that the God of the prophet is who she needed to connect to. She called to her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God. So now it became urgent. I, I must run and come again. And he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. I, I have a peace that it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be well, but I've got to get to where the word is. If I can just get into that present, if I can just get into that atmosphere, I know, even though I've been broken again, and even though it seems like it's become like a mockery, my barrenness, now God took this child. But if I can just get to the word, if I can just get to his feet. The Bible goes on to say, verse 24, she saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy writing for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. Now I look this up today from Shunem to Mount Carmel was almost 20 miles, almost 20 miles. And that's, that's in our day. It would have been a whole day's journey. She had something on her heart. If I can just get to the word, if I can just get into his presence of It's her attitude. Her approach was right. Oh friends, don't let Satan try to close the door of hope in your life when the Holy Spirit keeps opening that door, keeps trying to move out and deal with our lives from one minister to another minister. These different gifts that God has put into the body to bring himself to us. Not for us to clam up and kind of get within ourselves like selfish, but for us to open up, for us to turn from our hardness, our brokenness, and now we are in the middle of a crisis. I'm speaking from the scripture. We're in the middle of a lady, a great woman of faith that is now running 20 miles to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her Far off, that he said to Gehazi's servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunamite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. It is well. I wonder if there's any great women out there of faith, brothers and sisters, that in the middle of this service tonight, you could say, it is well, Lord. It is well. I believe that God is speaking. God has a mind in all of this. God has a spirit of God leading now you as an individual, as a son and daughter of God. Now it is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. If any salute thee, answer him not again. Lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I know this is a long reading, but just stay with us tonight. I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. There was no life, no voice, no hearing. Wherefore he said again to meet him and told him saying, the child is not awakened. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord. Tonight you have a channel directly into the heart of God. Because you have received a message, and thus saith the Lord from the prophet in our day, your need is being brought directly into the presence of God. You have made a room. Your need is now First in line, the presence of God is covering you. The heart of God is for the bride. When we look out over the world tonight on May 2020, it's not all the unbelievers and the make-believers that move the heart of God. It is a believer. It is a son. It is a daughter of God that even in their brokenness, even in their hurt, even in the time of confusion, God is speaking. God is speaking to our hearts. I, the fog is slipping away. It's just the strength coming into our very bones, into the very inside of the inside. And, and we looked That Elisha went in and he lay upon the child. You talk about being personal. You talk about God. Sending someone that is going to come now mouth to mouth, eyes upon his eyes, hands upon his hands. It's not someone that's just get out of my presence. I don't have no time for you. I'm not interested. There's other things. And no, no, this is the heart of the shepherd stretching himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child begin to wax warm. Something begin to move. Something begins to happen. And I want you to notice it wasn't just immediately that the child jumped up. But the Bible says that he returned and walked. This is Elisha in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. So even though the child began to wax warm. It's not that it jumped up immediately and there might be a situation in your life that God has dealt with it and God is dealing with it. And and it's gotten warm, but it's not the end. It hasn't fully come out of this. And tonight you're just laying in that spot. So the prophet began to walk up and down, walk up and down. He had time. He didn't give up, but he just walked up and down. Then he stretched himself upon this child. I want you to envision this. And the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. Seven times. A sneeze. Something was coming. Life was coming and he opened his eyes. Tonight, you might be in a situation and not understanding what is going on. It might even be comical to another person. It might... Not even be moving another person. But little do we know that God is coming to us individually. And he opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. This is Elisha. And he called her. And when he, she was coming unto him, she said, take up thy son. He said, take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed himself to the ground, took up her son and went out. Thank the Lord. Here in our opening scripture, we have something that went from barrenness and brokenness to death and now back to life again. These things are written for our examples that we can have encouragement that the same God that moved in the scripture is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do we believe that tonight? This brokenness. Now let's just come down. I noticed Sister Victoria's song was very personal. Brother Michael sang songs that brought the presence of God into our rooms. Now let's let the word just speak to you in your right attitude, in your right approach. Now is the time to move on. Now is the time to move on from your brokenness. It's time to move on from the things that's held you for the last Weeks, months, or years, it's time to now move into the restoration time. Move into your strength time. Move into your healing from brokenness now to power. From brokenness to where there can be a rising, to where hope is being made alive. Where hope is being resurrected in the hearts of a believer that might have been spiritually laying dormant, but now arise. Arise young man. Arise young lady. Arise mother. Arise father. Arise little baby. Arise elder. For God is speaking to you from the, from the ashes you might seem like you're at of despair. From the ashes of hurt. Coming out of the ashes of trauma. It's like the little lily in the, in the pond coming up through all of the muck from the ashes of the trauma and the negative and that life experience comes the beauty, comes the victory. Now, this is maybe why the last 11 weeks, now it is moving from just being brokenness and not understanding and confusion. Now you're moving into the victory of character. It's the bride, it's the great woman. It's a furtherance of his Character that only the situation that you were in could have brought in your life. From brokenness. That is something that is broken and shattered in pieces. It's literally like crushed. The person just feels crushed sometimes or it's just a broken heart. Someone that has lost their strength. They've lost their courage. They've been dispirited, the, the drive has gone, the get up and go. It just seemed like spiritually they've they become incapacitated. It's like they try to go through the trial or they try to press and something is stop them. Something is hindering them. It's like a broken bone that uh, uh, if you would sustain an injury, maybe a fracture of a bone or bones in your body. But there's also in the spirit realm things that happen and it causes a brokenness. It causes a weariness. Something is broken. It's where a person becomes inoperative. They, they're not able to manifest their God calling. It's like Satan is standing there and a spirit is standing there to break them. To interrupt their cycle And their season of life. It's like they're on a pause. It's like they're stopped. It's like something happened in a person's life. And all the proceedings have stopped. And tonight the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. In your time of brokenness. In your time that you might feel that way. God is doing something greater than what you can see. That's what Brother Tom was speaking about. Looking to the unseen. Looking to the unseen, when you notice Brother Murphy, Brother Bisco, Brother Michael, as he spoke, as Brother Tim Dodd was speaking, it, it is quickening. Why is he appearing to us in these meetings? Why is he coming to us in our homes like this to awaken these desires, to awaken this love, to awaken this character? That's something that is laying there, maybe dormant, but now because the light is striking it, the word is striking it, the Lord is allowing his spirit to come across the platform. Now individually he is coming to the seed. Only the bride is catching that revelation. And she will move now from her brokenness into a rapture, into a change. Aren't you so thankful for that all of these spiritual events in our lives, God is doing something greater than what we can see. We all love the scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I don't know if Brother Dan Florent can put that on the screen for you or for us, but Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The Bible says we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, To them who are the called according to his purpose. We believe the scripture. Broken, but for the good. You say, I don't see a lot of good in this, Brother John. I I don't see a lot of joyful things. I don't see the benefits of why God would put a son through this or a daughter through that. And, And when the Bible says we know all things work together for good. It's not saying that everything will be good. It's saying, All things work together for good. So everything that is working in your life is for the good. Even if you seem like it's bad, God's working it for the good, for the benefit. Joy cometh in the morning. Something excellent, something distinguished, something upright. This great woman that I'm... Having the privilege to address tonight this honorable wife that is making ourselves ready. God is bringing our whole constitution, our whole nature, everything of the Holy Spirit. He's making it good. He's making it pleasant. He's making it a benefit for the body of Christ. I was reading in Blushing prophet. In Jeffersonville and Brother Branham was speaking sometimes that we're on the house types, house tops. Sometimes we're down in the valley. He said, that's what it takes to make us appreciate the good times. He said, that's what they call the law of contrast. He said, the black man of Africa never knowed that he was black, his skin, until he seen David Livingston. Then he realized his skin was black. Because Livingston's was white. It's a contrast. He said, you would never know how to appreciate a day if you didn't have a night. You'd never know how to appreciate the sunshine if you didn't have a cloudy day. Are you receiving tonight? You, you say, why do I have this? Or why do I have that? God's trying to show the contrast. If it was always sunny. If it was always bright. If it was always, you say, Good. If it was no trouble, there would be no contrast. But God has allowed these things in all of our lives. He, he has allowed it in all of our lives to bring a contrast. He said you never know how to appreciate good health unless you would have some foul health, some bad health. He said that's the reason I think we'll appreciate heaven so much. Because we've lived in earth once. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why we're going to appreciate our future home. Is because we've lived in this, this home or in this life where there's struggle, where there's pain. But tonight, lift your eyes above the struggle and the pain. Look to the good. Look to what God is doing. Let God open our eyes tonight and just give us that that attitude and approach. Like this good woman. And we can just grab a hold of the feet. Just grab a hold of the feet of, of the word and say, Lord, minister to me personal. I can see it in the minister. I can see it in the Bible. I can hear it from Brother Branham. But come closer to me, Lord, in my situation, in my life. And that's when Brother Branham said, the reason we appreciate it tonight is because we have had the other side. That's the way God has intended it to be because his people has had their ups and their downs. And you never know how to appreciate a mountaintop unless you've been in the valley. I'm just going to read that again because some people think that being a Christian is always on the mountain, always on the mountaintop, always this. I mean, we, we can't even take that from our opening scripture. This sister went through a trouble where she was vexed. Even the prophet used the word she was vexed. The Bible speaks about Jesus, that he was troubled. He was burdened. He was going to the cross. He was under the burden of the cross. And the Bible says he was troubled. Just a few chapters later, he's speaking to his disciples and saying, let not your heart be troubled. So it's not the same word. He's speaking about to the believer, we will have trouble. We will be burdened. We will be vexed. But don't let your heart be full of anxiety. Don't let your heart be overtaken with these things. Don't let that be the controlling factor. Jesus, the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That same life that was in Jesus is now in you. The Holy Spirit that quickened him, that brought him from the grave is now in the believer. It's now... That life is now pulsating, even throughout Cloverdale Bible Way, through the sanctuary. It's going out across the Internet where hundreds of us are gathered in our little rooms, in our living rooms, in our places. The Holy Spirit, by His Word, is speaking. And Brother Brenham said, you'll never know how to appreciate a mountain top unless you've been in the valley. And you'll never know how to appreciate good water unless you drink some bad sometimes. It's a law of contrast. It's appreciating the valley. Did you catch that? It's appreciating the valley. It's knowing that what I'm going through on the other side, there's a victory. I've got my eyes set on the providence of God. There's going to be something good happen from this. Get our eyes off the bruise. Get our eyes off the brokenness. Get our eyes... Of the hurt, even in brokenness, God speaks. Let's turn to the book of Ruth, please. We'll turn to the book of Ruth. I'm just watching my time now. Nice to see you, Brother Glenn Graner. God bless you, Brother Glenn. I know Brother LV and those in China really love you, and we love you too. I was reading in Ruth this week, Ruth chapter 1 two, three, four. It'd be a good thing to read. Ruth chapter one. And you can look from this very first chapter that uh, of Ruth. You can see what happens in verse one and two, how the story starts out that there's a famine in the land. And you can see in verse two how Elimelech and, and Naomi were married and they had two sons, Malam and Chilion. And you can see now in verse 3 that Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left and her two sons. She became a widow. I'm staying with our thought of brokenness because now Naomi is going to experience a a, a brokenness. And we see in verse 4 that Ruth is introduced and Orpha that married those two sons. But we see in verse 5 that Those two husbands, Malin and Chillin, died. Both of them and the women was left. Now we see two widows. Now we see three widows. We see Naomi and Naomi and Orphan. Now we see marriage and then we see death and we, we look like we're right back in the story again of why is there all these cycles? Why is there all of this trauma that happens in people's lives? Good people. And we look now throughout this chapter. You can see we're not going to take time to read it all. Verse 14, Orpha kisses her mother-in-law, but Ruth cleaves unto her and says, 'Uh, Your people will be my people, your God, my God. And So now Naomi starts to go back in verse 19, Ruth 119. I want you to notice this. Now it's Naomi and Ruth going back to Bethlehem. Ruth is a Moabite. She's a Gentile. Naomi was a Jew that was out of her inheritance because of a famine. Because her and her husband went into a place. But now they're being turned back to Bethlehem. The house of God's bread. The house of fresh water. I want you to see that tonight. When they came back to Bethlehem. That's how God began to bless Naomi's life. Bless Ruth's life is when they came back to Bethlehem. When they were come to Bethlehem, all the city... Begin to be moved unto them, and they said, Is this Naomi? That's verse 19. Are are you there with us? Is this Naomi? Naomi means pleasant. Is is this our pleasant sister? She's back again. It's so wonderful to have you, our, our precious sister, pleasant. But watch verse 20, Naomi's attitude. She said unto them, Call me not Naomi, but call me Myra which means bitter for the almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Now tonight I'm bringing your life and your situation into the scripture. Cause many times we can be looking at something and saying, Oh, it's bitter. Oh, I'm empty. Oh, this isn't pleasant. This is bitter. But by the the next few months that go by, we're going to see Boaz appears and the nourisher appears and in a few Short months, the restorer of life comes and the nourisher of the old age and the relationship with Ruth. And Naomi becomes the very nurse of Ruth's child, which is Obed, which is the father of Jesse, which is the father of David. And I want you to see now from the opening chapter, it can look so horrible. A marriage is broken. Children lose their their husband. It seems like a barrenness and What's so bitterly? Verse 20. Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter. For the Lord, the Almighty, hath dealt very bitterly with me. Verse 21. We're moving along now. She said, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth with the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. I wanted to show you in chapter 1 that Naomi's... The words were, don't call me pleasant. I'm not pleasant. My atmosphere, my attitude isn't pleasant. I, I don't have anything to give. I've become bitter. She felt like the dealings of God had become bitter. In verse 21, she said, I went out full, I went out married. And now I feel empty. She felt like the Lord had testified against her. And she felt afflicted. But verse 22, when she came back to Bethlehem, God was able to bless her life. And I want you to see that tonight as, as a Gentile bride. that it, It's back in Bethlehem. It's not in the world. It's not with the Moabites. It's not even though that was part of your journey. There had to be a roof brought back from the Moabites. Catch this now. What you might say was a permissive will of God. God is now honoring to become his perfect will. In spite of your brokenness. In spite of your hurt. In spite of the negative. In spite of your despair. God is going to get the glory in the last chapter. When we turn to chapter 4 to save time. You can look how in this chapter 4. The whole testimony and life Of Naomi changes. The whole expression of Naomi changes. We see in chapter 4, verse 13. I know this is a lot of reading for Wednesday night, but I want you to catch the thought of from brokenness. Even in brokenness, God speaks. In chapter 4, verse 13. Boaz, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception. Watch this. The Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. Now Ruth is a type of the Gentile bride. Naomi is a type of the Jewish bride. We understand that, the Jewish church. But watch verse 14, how Naomi's attitude changes. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman. That his name may be famous in Israel. God brought to you Boaz. God brought you back to Boaz. Today we would say God brought you back to Christ. Look at what the Lord has done such a redemptive work in your life, Naomi. And she began to go from Myra now back into Pleasant. She began to go back into her God-called position. Verse 15. And he, talking about this kinsman Boaz, shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became a nurse unto this, unto, him, unto it. What a, what a scripture we could say tonight, the book of Ruth. It starts out in death. It starts out in sorrow and the very last chapter. I'm bringing your life into this now. What might be a season of death or sorrow or traumatic? Why are we going through this? Why is this happening? Little do you or I realize within, within a short time, it's actually months in the book of Ruth. God brought her to, to Boaz. Boaz takes Ruth. Naomi receives a kinsman claim and a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thy old age. Friends, tonight, that's what God is doing in your life and in my life. In a very short time, God can cause the brokenness to become something great. And watch this relationship with Ruth and Naomi becoming the very nurse Of Ruth's child. Which verse 17 says. His name was Obed. And he's the father of Jesse. The father of David. Oh which became in the lineage of Jesus Christ. God was not ashamed. To allow Ruth to be part of his very lineage. But it came through a brokenness. It came through a death. It came through a lot of trauma. And friends you might be at one of these junctions or seasons of life we would say. Tonight, the Holy Spirit is giving you encouragement. He's breathing hope, bringing life, bringing it right from the scripture that there will come a beauty and a victory out of all of this. Praise be to God. I hope that speaks to someone. So what is holding you tonight? I'm trying not to be as close to the screen. One of our elder persons says, Brother John, when you get up close to the screen, it it was actually a sister and she's... She's old enough to be my mother, and uh, she was talking to us the other day. I was visiting her, praying with them, and she said, "Brother John, when you get up so close to the screen, I just don't want to look at you. So I'm standing back tonight. I don't want to say her name, but I'm standing back and giving you some space." <laughs> oh, thank God that he's holiness tonight. Something keeps holiness in in this, Brother Branham, when when you was going through this difficult and straining time as a as a man losing a wife. Losing a daughter. Did you keep your religion? Did you keep your religion? They asked Brother Branham. And Brother Branham responded no. It held me. It kept me. In other words the anchor. Of Christ of faith. In the believer's life. That's what holds us. It's not us holding on to him. It's not us holding on to the message. It's Christ holding us, it is him bearing us in our time of our cross. As we take up our cross, little do we realize, and I trust tonight it could come as a greater revelation to somebody that in your season of your life, God is wanting to prove his character. So he did it in Ruth. He did it in Naomi. He did it in the Shunammite woman that dwelt in that double place of rest. He did it in Elisha. He did it in Brother Branham's life. What? My, I was just, maybe it's for another service, but I was just going through Brother Branham's experiences, how he lost his wife and his daughter, how he said he I, he had to put the bottle of Billy Paul under his arm and under his neck. He said they couldn't even afford a regular bottle. He said, I used a Coke bottle, he said, because Billy was dropping them and breaking them, so I had to put them under my arm to keep them warm. And they had lost a mother. Clouds would be going by and Billy Paul would say, Daddy, is mommy up there? Is mommy up there? Did you put her in the ground? Did you put her in? I see mommy up there. I see mommy. And Brother Branham said he'd have to just shake his head and just look forward because as a man, he was bearing the burden of losing a wife, losing a daughter. It was something he went through. It was... God allowing footprints in the sands of time for an example. And most of you have heard the footprints on the sands of time. How? Two sets of footprints in the sand. One being Jesus and one being yours. And many times you look back in your life and you see those two sets of footprints and it's Jesus and you. You've given your heart to the Lord. But then it seems like there's goes to single footsteps. There's just one set of footprints. And sometimes, even as Christians, we can say, Why, Lord, in the most difficult times of my life, in the hardest times, did you leave me alone? Why? When there's only one set of footprints, I look back in a rocky time, in a, in a time that I needed you the most. Why? Is there only one set of footprints to hear him say tonight and respond back? I will never leave you alone. You're my son. You're my daughter. Those times in your life when you only saw one set of footprints in the sand. That's when I was carrying you. I'm carrying you, son. I'm carrying you, daughter. Say, what are we looking at tonight, Brother John? We're looking at great Jehovah God carrying us. He's carrying our church. He's carrying our children. He's carrying our young people. Oh, you say nobody cares. Nobody's even contacted me hardly, Brother John. Nobody even really, God is carrying our young adults. He's carrying our teenagers. He's carrying our marriages, even the older ones that friends in this time of brokenness, God sees our future. He sees what we've gone through, even as a little girl. I have it in front of me. Brother Bradham in Chicago was talking about a a lady that had rectal trouble. Is this okay tonight? Just, she had hemorrhoids in her body, trouble in her back. And he said, there's something you don't realize what you've done. But there's a stiffness in your back and it's a dislocated spinal disc. Is that right? That happened when you was a child and you didn't even realize that you were doing it. You didn't know that you was doing it. But you got a fall when you was jumping as a little girl. And that's dislocated a disc in your back. And they just found it here. Just begin to realize what it is. And you've had that stiffness, You can't even get off the bed sometimes. I see you trying to move or something that's hurting in your back when you was kneeling there a few days ago to pray by a chair or a bed or something in a room. Is that right? A picture is hanging to your left in the room. You just couldn't hardly get up for your back. Is that right? Just wave your hand, he said. He said, I want to ask you something. You heard that voice speaking. That was not me. I was looking here before you. I saw a vision. which. But only God alone would know those things. So if God would know that a little girl fell and dislocated her back and now she's become a lady and older and has trouble, doesn't that same God know all about the falls, the hurts, the why, even though they maybe only realized it now and they can tell you now. But friends, we're not looking to science. We're not looking to statistics. We're not looking to the government to tell us. We're looking to the word. We're listening to the words of a prophet. And that are thus saith the Lord. But Branham was looking in one case. I just want to share this something with you. As there was a lady he was just dealing with when she was 14 years old. And walked away from the Lord. I, I recognize now our time. I just want to, a couple more things before we go. Speaking. From brokenness, even in brokenness, God speaks. And how this lady, now she's in her 20s, comes up to Brother Branham. She was a fine-looking lady. She had dark hair down low on her shoulder. And Brother Branham said, good evening. And she said, good evening. And I took a hold of her hand, and it seemed kind of strange. There was a vibration coming of a deafness, a deafness. And I, I said, you hear me? She said, yes, sir. I said, it's a deaf. She said, I'm, I'm deaf in one ear. I said, I knew it was a deaf spirit, but I couldn't tell you how much. She said, she said, yes, sir. I've been deaf in my ears for many years. What's your approach? What's your attitude? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the great lady of Shunem? Can we make a room? Brother Marco, can we get him a little? Candlestick or a little stool? Can we can we make some time? He just comes by and maybe we'll have a little fellowship? Can, yes, sir. Yes, sir, deaf in one ear. And I said, You believe that Jesus will heal you? She said, With all my heart I believe, and very silly looking girl, a young lady about in her twenties. So I bowed my head to pray for the girl, and when I did I raised up And took a hold of her hand and the vibration would not stop. It was just working over something, a vibration. Because they were under an anointing. And Brother Ben said, you could tell it. And so I started praying for the girl. Watch, it's the same spirit that was on Elisha. He laid on the child and it began to get warm. But he didn't stop. He kept walking. He kept. Then he laid himself. Watch the tender hand of the Holy Spirit. Just not giving up. Just wanting full restoration, wanting full strength, a a total deliverance to where we can see the power coming back into the bride and back into the church where it's not intellectual. It's not just because my mommy or my daddy, it's not because the preacher, I'm not just quoting something, but now something is happening personally. Something begins to speak now to this 20 year old young lady and I looked at the girl. I said, I asked Jesus to heal her and it just held right on. There's something wrong. He said, it will not go. And I looked at her and I looked at the girl. She was about five foot two or five foot three inches tall. And I seen the girl go back across the stage. That's the way it went. It went back across the stage and I seen the little girl, 14 years old. Now he's under vision. She's in her twenties. He's going back to when she was 14. She had long plaits hanging down her back with a little checkered ribbon. Brother Benham said, you, when you was about 14 years old, you had long plaits, didn't you? She said, yes, sir. I said, I seen that girl take the road that's wrong. Take the road that's wrong. And here it started. That deaf spirit. That spirit came on, the spirit. It wasn't just deafness. It was a spiritual. She began to take the wrong road. And I just started telling her just what I seen. I said, when you was 14 years old, you took a road that's wrong. And you had a baby by a man before you were was married to him. And so the girl started crying. She said, that's right. I said, then you married a man that you didn't love. She said, that's right. I said, and you left him. That's right. I said, then you got with some religious cult and they had you to marry another man. That's right. And I said, you didn't love him and you left him. My, we have almost like another woman at the well. This this happened at 14. And then you had a child out of wedlock and you married this man you didn't love. And then something happened and You left and then a religious cult. Now he's bringing in the spiritual deception. They had you marry a man. So now it's pressure. Now it's something that we would say maybe like abuse or something that came out of left field or something happened in a life. Yes, sir. And then you, you, you didn't love him and you left him. That's right. And I said, you married another man. We have a mess here. And it just looks like it's just a mess. And she said, that's it. And at that time I said, you was a Christian once and you've gone back and back slid in on God. She said, that's right. Then she staggered. Now here's a prophet. I want you to catch this. Someone in their twenties. He's going back to when she was fourteen, then fifteen. Then 16, then you married a man, then you went into a cult and you married something. That's right. That's right. And you used to be a Christian and you've gone back and you, that's right. And she staggered. Now, Brother Branham is bringing us up to now where we're at right now. She staggered like she was going to faint and fall to the ground. And when she did, she screamed and God forgave her and her hearing came back. And she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost standing on the platform like that, standing there just all at once. Praise be to God. I brought this example tonight for someone from brokenness, from trouble. From looking for love in all the wrong places. For 14 years old and walking away from God. Now backslidden at 20. Now because she was being spoken to. She was being dealt with tenderly by someone that would not give up on her. And God broke through all the brokenness. He broke through all the pain. And Brother Brown said she staggered like she was going to faint. And when she did, she screamed. Watch these three things that happened. God forgave her. Her hearing came back. And she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost standing on the platform. Standing there just all at once. Praise be to God. What a glorious atmosphere. What what a presence can come. Even into your home. Even into your office. Right to the brokenness. Right to the place. You're 14 years old. You walked away from God. But if I could say it like this, this is your time of healing. This is your time to come back. This is your time to be filled. This is your time for your hearing to come back. This is the time that God forgives you. This is your time. Maybe eleven weeks later, and you were missing it back in March. But the tender hand of Jehovah is coming back around because you've made room. You gave him a table, brother Tom. Somebody connected through. Some burdened family. Some somebody begin to reach through the mud. They begin to reach through all of the sorrow and all of the, the noise and God giving up on me and I, I'm just a make believer. I think I'll just go on back. But now in the time of poison, you say, I'm just eating poison, brother John. God is saying it's time to put the word meal back into the pot. As you'll remember in the scripture when they made, they were trying to make some pottage and they, and they, we didn't mean to put in those wild mushrooms. We didn't mean to, those wild gourds. We were just, Brother John, I didn't mean for this to happen in my family and all of the reasons and excuses and things we could say and guilt that Satan could just heap on all of us tonight. But God's looking for an empty vessel that he can just put in the word, put in some meal, put in Christ and watch all that poison, watch all that death. The same pot, the same person, the same situation. But now the word has come into our lives. The poison leaves. Put Christ back into the situation. Put the word back into the situation. Brother Brad was talking about a storm. Just before we close now in oncoming storms, he said, it's going to take another storm to combat this storm, to shove away the storm. These are all quotes out of oncoming storm. He said it takes a greater storm that's coming. He's talking about a storm that happens in an individual's life. But he said the only thing that can turn that storm, it takes a higher wind to turn that storm. I'm speaking about Christ. I'm speaking about the Holy Spirit. And the only wind, he said, that I know that can turn that storm will be that rushing wind that fell on the day of Pentecost. He said, just speaking against it isn't enough. We've got to find out how to turn the thing. And he said, there's only one thing that can turn that storm. And that's a more powerful storm that can beset it and change its course. He's talking about when Satan comes in like a flood, when the hounds of hell is after you and the message first, when those foxes and hounds are after you to destroy you, to break you. There comes another presence. There comes another being. There comes another storm. If you can see it tonight, Satan brings storms, storms of confusion, storms of doubt, storms of fear. And it takes a greater storm. It takes a a, a higher wind, he said, to turn that storm. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing by his presence. He's moving that storm. He'll move away a deaf spirit. He'll move away a backslidden 20-year-old. He'll move back that unbelief and fill a person with his Holy Spirit even now in your living room. As he did for our our brother Edick Wilson's and his family that's streaming right now from South Africa. My, they got up at four in the morning. Now it's just after five in the morning. His whole family, he said, they're all up. They're streaming this service. It was in a meeting that they were in their living room. And the Holy Spirit came and dealt with a teenager. He'll deal with a mother, with a father. It's a greater storm. I'll just give you one last illustration. It's a personal one. My brother, David Andes, lives in Indiana. He's streaming this service right now, but he he lives on some acreage. He just moved there about a year ago. Lives on a property, has some trees and things. When he moved there, he noticed there was a mother deer and she was halting. She was halting. She, She couldn't walk properly. He had broken bones, walking with a limp. And he noticed that when he first moved there. She's walking with a limp. She's been broken. There's, there's been something happen. But just yesterday, my brother David sent us videos and pictures of that same mother just giving birth right in the field. He, he was actually showing us videos and here comes out the little fawn. Here's the little baby out into the grass out of brokenness, out of a mother that was broken a year ago now, as of yesterday, she carries a little baby now, and David went out into the field and it was just right there talking to the little fawn as it laid down, just hardly barely moving its eyes, just laying down as nature would teach it, though it's just been born, just to be quiet and don't move. And David said he, he went away and the mother came back to the fawn and they ran off into the, the woods. And I thought spiritually I would just bring you that illustration. The mother had given birth to a brand new baby. If she had given up a year ago, if she had just gotten bitter with her herd and just all the emphasis is about her broken bones, she'd have never had a child. She'd have never brought forth a baby, but even nature is speaking out to us tonight. There will be another cycle. There will be another season. And let the Holy Spirit come now as our musicians come. Let us be like the lady in the scripture that had her husband and died. And now the creditors are coming to take her sons, take them captive. Now the creditors are coming and and what do you have in your house? We don't have anything but just some empty vessels. And the prophet said, fill up those empty vessels. Let's, let's fill it with some oil. They closed the door. The Bible says this is Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. They closed the door. It's not going to be a public show. It's not for everybody in the world. It's for the believers. They closed the door and they, they begin to pour oil into all the vessels. Get as many vessels. Get as many things that you can to fill these vessels. And when they came to the end, is there any more vessels? No. And the Bible says the oil stopped. When did it stop? When they had stopped bringing the vessels. Tonight, can we be empty? Brother Benjamin, you can begin to play something. Sister Joanne, just play something. Can we be empty vessels? Can we come... Maybe you are in that time of brokenness. Maybe you're still in the ashes. Maybe despair and the trauma, you're still dealing with the hurts. Maybe the negative things of life has covered over everything. But the Holy Spirit, even in brokenness, he's speaking. Wanting to pour in faith, pour in courage. Wanting to let you know with examples, with quotes, with scriptures, with the ministry, with the songs. He's just putting his hands under you. Saying, I'm carrying you, son. I'm carrying you, daughter. If you're 14 years old tonight, You don't have to go down that wrong road. You don't have to let your heart get hardened. You don't have to become bitter and strike out against your parents and against your teacher. Strike out against the minister and nobody knows, nobody cares. Yeah, God cares. God knows. He's put a lot of people around us. You don't have to go down that road and be hurt. God's trying to save you and I, a lot of scars. Just empty vessels. Maybe tonight, maybe there's been too much in your cup. It's not been empty. Maybe it's half full, things of the world, things of life, things of, you need to dump it out and say, God, I wanna be a vessel. I wanna be empty, empty of myself, empty of my pride. Maybe I've been selfish, Lord. Maybe I've been looking at me, me, me. I've been thinking about me for the last two or three months. and Maybe for the last six months. You just got focused in on the issue. God is saying it's time to move on. Son, it's time to move on. Daughter, it's time to move on. We're moving through that now. Character, you're a great woman. You're a great man. Speaking to Gideon behind the iron press, you're a mighty man of valor. We've heard it over the last several weeks. The Holy Spirit just prodding us, trying to encourage us into that oneness, into that personal. That seems like all over the world now. There's a loosening and. People able to get out more and the lockdown is more freedoms and things. People's going back to work. School is starting up back in June and oh, maybe you can do this again. And if we're not careful, friends, we can go right back to the same old life. We can miss what God was trying to do for us. Empty vessels, consecrated vessels. Just in the simplicity of it all. God's calling us friends. We're a minority group now in the world. We're minorities. We're not even essential. They wouldn't even call you and I essential tonight. They wouldn't call the church essential. They wouldn't call the ministers essential and for the bride. You're everything to us. Absolutely. You're more than essential. You're everything. As Brother Murphy closed, the word is everything. I echo that tonight. Christ is everything. Just a few minutes when sister Joanne leaves and brother Benjamin and brother Louise and brother Oren, and they, we log off. We're going to go back into our homes, back to our lives. The connection won't be the same. But let the Holy Spirit now just settle in. Before we leave now, Brother Michael's going to close in a song or whatever's on his heart. I just... Lord, I want to be an empty vessel. Take our lives. Take all of us. If you're crushing us, if you're breaking us, if you're wrecking us, Lord, it's the broken heart that the Lord is nigh. Those that are saved or have a contrite spirit, That someone that's crushed, I'm crushed. You say, I'm of no value to the world and God is saying, it's to that one. It's the one that has a broken spirit and a contrite heart that God is not gonna despise. Heavenly Father, take us all individually Take our families, take us as a body of believers. Even in brokenness, you are restoring our souls. Even in a time of breaking, you are healing us. You're putting power back. You are bringing healing back. You're bringing deaf ears and making them whole again. They're hearing the, the Spirit of God. Hearts that have been hardened and now being restored back filled with the Holy Spirit, where there was emptiness, now they're filled, where there was death, now you're bringing life, where there was a brokenness, you're bringing a little baby fawn, you're bringing a man, you're bringing a woman, you're bringing a Ruth, you're bringing forth Christ, Heavenly Father, we bow our heads tonight, believing your word will meet the need for every age, every situation, every need, every junction. We pray that you would rebuild, repair, renovate, and renew every believer tonight. May the presence of God go with us. May you breathe deeply down into our hearts. Jesus, we give you the service. We give you the Close, We give you as we go. Father, may our lives be filled and refreshed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if we could stand now and just begin to thank the Lord Jesus. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. Just say, thank you, Lord. Brother Michael, as you come now, just begin as we begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord give you glory. I give you praises. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Take us now, Lord. As we turn it over to our precious brother, Michael. Let the atmosphere linger. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Every day I see Oh, helping me faithfully Oh, to overcome my trials Guiding me constantly Cause something keeps holding me Sin again, oh Well, something keeps holding me Every day I see Oh, helping me faithfully To overcome my trial constantly giving me victory oh he's the reality cause something keeps holding me amen brother
0: John, God bless you tonight, God bless you amen, I was, I was just writing notes down as you were speaking and just in brokenness, I couldn't help but think about the thief on the cross. Broken. In so many different ways. He was so broken, but yet he could look to Christ that was sitting right beside him. And in his brokenness, Christ spoke to him. And you, went, you mentioned this earlier, right early in the service, but John, you talked about approach and how I just think about that Shunammite woman's approach as she approached the word. She received a response because she approached it in humility and came to the word saying, Lord, here's my need. And I, I thought of the thief on the cross and here one railed on him. And here Christ was right beside him and he was in a broken state and he railed on him. And this one said, Lord, remember me. Amen. Remember me. And I said, Lord, tonight remember us in our broken state. The, the, the fire, the forest fire rages as Butter John spoke. And I thought about the fire that can rage through through nature, and it can look like all is lost, Brother John. But as you spoke through that brokenness, life springs forth. Amen. And that's what that's just. Brother Murphy just mentioned earlier today. We were here at the office, and and he just talked about how if we can just receive the word, God is speaking through through His servant f- across the pulpit because He knows there's needs. But it's now in the your boat it's in your hands the word's been placed in your hands he's saying i know you're broken i know your need but something's holding you i'm holding you brother john said i I carried you my footsteps are behind that's mine and he's you have to accept that now it's in your hand to say that was god speaking to me in my broken state i can think of different ones in difficult states but god sees the brokenness and the fire might be raging, or it's raged, and you're saying, what now? But, amen, Brother John, life will come forth, amen? I think beauty for ashes, Scripture said, and we, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, is what Jesus spoke. He said, this day the Scripture is fulfilled. But the, those verses, that just after that, He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, amen? amen. Oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen, Brother John. Amen. Oil for joy. Amen. Maybe just as we as we just close and just I maybe just a little bit of a turn, but I, I thought of the song through the fire. Through the fire. And the words is so many times I've questioned, maybe certain circumstances. Many trials, my weakness blurs my vision, and my frustration gets out of hand but then I am reminded the word came to you tonight you're reminded I've never been forsaken <laughs> amen as I look at all the victories the spirit rises up in me brother John and it's through the fire my weakness is made strong amen now we can sing that maybe we'll sing that tonight brother John as we, as we close the service
2: and you, you sing that with me here amen all right well, so many times I question certain circumstances or things I could not understand. Oh, many times in trials and weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand. Oh, it then I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand a test alone. Oh, as I look at all the victories, the Spirit rises up in me. And it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. We. Well, That the cross would not get heavy And the hill would not be hard to climb Oh, he never offered Our victories without fighting But he said help would always come in time Oh, just remember when in the valley of decision and the adversary says give it oh just hold on our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again low. once again he never promised That the cross would not get heavy And the hill would not be hard to climb Oh, oh, oh. he never offered our victories without fighting But he said help would always come in time Oh, just remember when you're in the valley And the adversary says Give him Just hold on Our Lord will show up And he will take you Through the fire again Well just hold on Just hold on Well our Lord will show up And he will take the fire
0: again amen he'll take you through the fire again you might be through trial after trial but our god again and again will take you through your fiery trial amen and bring you out beauty out of those ashes god bless you Brother john appreciate the service tonight and may we just take that take the word because it's your strength now To Thursday, to Friday, to Saturday, and take the word, and you go forth. You can be as Naomi. She came out of those bitter waters, and out of that came a Boaz, and a Ruth, and an Obed, and a Jesse, and a David, and a King of Kings through that trial. Amen? Amen. Do you want to close in prayer?
3: let bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our hearts are burning and singing within our souls tonight. To know, Lord God, we've gone through the fire. But as Michael was mentioning, Lord, the sequoia, the greatest trees that have ever grown on the earth, the seeds are birthed in trial and fire to bring forth life, Lord. And we've had to go through certain situations, but it's for the glory of of God. Lord, we've looked at many situations tonight and we can identify. But Lord, marveling at just 14 years old, a little girl by the time of 20 had gone through many fires. But God, there was a present word in the time of trouble that could bring her out of it, Lord, and bring her into beauty. Beauty out of ashes. What a wonderful ending. We thank you for this time be with your precious people that we have loved, as Brother John said. Lord, longing to be with one another. But I pray that your grace will be with the youngest to the oldest. And Lord, we're just passing through this trial. But one day, Lord, it will bring forth such joy. Be with us now and bless your servant. So enjoy the word of God tonight. We pray, Lord, that you'll continue to guide and to lead. And to keep us in the center of your will. We ask now that your presence go with us. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Lord willing. If we're here Sunday. We'll see you again. At our post of duties. And If not here on this terra firma. We'll be in a much better place and we'll be able to greet each other. So greet your family members with you. Shake each one of his hand. Say, God bless you, because you can, because you don't have to social distance from your family. You can give them a big hug and say, God bless you in your homes. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God
1: bless you.